thank you, everybody. So, thank you all for uh, speak so highly of the community to come out on a Sunday night to learn. And uh, the community is, is one is really known for their involvement in uh, stuff in so many ways. And I have the uh, pleasure of having many uh, Talmudim success the community both in terms of learning as well as in terms of uh, stuff is uh, very, very impressive. And Be'ez uh, Hashem will continue to have so much atzlach and uh, raising children that are min ha-nosnim, min ha-nosnim and so dedicated uh, to learning. I had the uh, great zechus uh, this evening of uh, driving of Shechter here. I'm driving Shechter back and appearing a shir together with you. So I have to also pay a little bit for the uh, for that the great privilege. So we'll discuss it for a few minutes uh, some of the issues that uh, relate specifically to um, the scholarships and to chinuch, which is uh, one of the, the very difficult issues that the communities face. The uh, disbursement of soccer is a very very difficult issue. I think that uh, in Parshas Kisisa, when Aaron Akoyin asks. Klal uh, Yisrael to give what will become part of the ego. So the Torah says, "Vayisporku kol omis nizmei azov, asher bezneim, vayaviol aron." So the word is a sporku. The Rashi says, "Sporku" means to unload, to take off a tremendous mass, a tremendous burden. So I was thinking uh, towards this year that uh, when people have money, that's a tremendous load, tremendous burden, because the person has to figure out what to do with that money. As Rishon was saying, it's not our money. They have to figure out uh, very difficult uh, questions about uh, how much how, sh- how much should we spend on ourselves, how much should we spend on uh, what's considered a need, what's considered a luxury, what's considered a, a, a an appropriate form of chinuch. So, Aaron is pointing out that when one has funds, Baruch Hashem, it's a tremendous vast, a tremendous burden that one has to appreciate. It comes from Rebbeinu Shalom, and one has to be able to deal with it in a way that. Uh, uh, conforms and fulfills the Kedush Baruch Hu's I think that's why the, when the Kedush Baruch Hu showed Moshe Rabbeinu the Machta Shekel so he showed Moshe Rabbeinu a Shekel Shel Eish so I was wondering why was it so hard to figure what a, what a Shekel is Kedush Baruch had to show him a, a uh, coin that was made out of fire that was the only way to show Moshe Rabbeinu but we know that uh, fire is one of the most constructive forces in nature and fire is one of the most destructive forces in nature and it all depends how it's handled and how it's controlled. Because Baruch was saying the same thing when it comes to a shekel. The thing that comes with, with counting people. One can count people and make them feel tremendous and give them a sense of self-esteem. And one can count people and make them feel like uh, one other person. Same thing when it comes to, uh, to funds, to, sh- to our shkolem. If a person uh, uses their shkolem well, so then it obviously can become one of the strongest forces, one of the most... Uh, Formidable, formative forces that Kodesh Baruch gives us. But it requires a tremendous amount of uh, understanding, concern. <coughs> it requires a tremendous uh, guidance from your own Rabbanim. And uh, some of the things we'll discuss tonight is just to open certain conversations. And obviously, where these conversations go should be guided by your own Rabbanim to understand the specific situations of, of, of your community and the specific needs that uh, your community is involved in. Gemara says that um, the Gemara says that the Ani once came to uh, to Rava, and uh, Rava wanted to help out the Ani. So uh, the Ani said, uh, "You know what I'm used to? 
I'm used to a huge amount of meat every day. I'm used to uh, a huge amount of uh, of oil every day. The best kind of uh, dishes. So Rava says, uh, all right, I'm sorry, but that's not uh, what I'm used to. You should get used to a uh, a simpler way of living. So the Oni says to uh, Rav, he's insistent, he says, no, this is what I'm used to, and this is what I should be receiving. And uh, that's what the uh, David Amela says, that Kodesh uh, Baruch Hu is no saying, L'cholechot bi'ito, that he gives each one what they need. These are the things which I need. So Rav didn't uh, take this so seriously. And uh, then the Gemara says that the Rav's sister, who we had not seen in 12, 13 years, shows up, with the exact kind of uh, meal and recipe that the Oni was requesting. So Rava takes, uh, he says, he apologizes. He says, uh, I understand that you had this tremendous bitachon, and you lived a life with this tremendous bitachon, and he uh, apologizes to the Yoni. Shemchayim Shemulevit says that Rava was not in error by not providing this to the Yoni. Rava, what he did was right, but he, he, has, he had appreciated the Kaddish Baruch Hu appreciated the bitachon of this Oni to such a great extent that the Kaddish Baruch Hu was providing this meal for the, for the Oni and, and, and Rava now was able to be the guest of this Oni in his own house. With the same token, the Gemara precedes that story with the story of Nehemiah. That an Oni once came to him Nehemiah, similar kind of story, and he wasn't so successful as Rava. He came to him Nehemiah and he says, I like to have, and he describes the amount of food that he's usually used to. And Nehemiah says to him, I eat the lentils. So you want to eat lentils with me? You're welcome. That's what I can provide for you. The only saw that uh, he had no choice, and uh, Nehemiah's sister wasn't showing up with any uh, with any good food. So we uh, joined with Nehemiah in this uh, simple meal of uh, lentils. And the Gemara says that after a short period of time, the Oni died. So Nehemiah says that Nehemiah holds himself responsible for um, for uh, the death of this Oni. Because he couldn't get used to this kind of a, a simple uh, diet. So Gemara says that Nehemiah didn't really hold himself responsible. Nehemiah felt somewhat guilty. But it was really that the Oni had gotten used to a, uh, a lifestyle that was so much beyond his means. So it says that he himself, uh, he killed himself. The Oni had to take responsibility for developing a lifestyle that was much too, uh, much, too much for him. And uh, that, I think, is one of the... the um, outcomes of what they've been asked to speak about and that is uh, w- the way scholarship uh, scholarships are uh, addressed within tuitions within schools within yeshivas it's a very delicate uh, discussion and we'll just make a few comments about the various aspects of the scholarship system we recently in our neighborhood the, the Rabbanim got together and met with the heads of all the scholarship committees of all the yeshivas and we were tremendously impressed. We were, we were unfo- unfortunately impressed with a tremendous need. We were uh, impressed with the numbers of people who, um, who, need, to help, who need help in, in uh, paying tuition. We were tremendously impressed with the sensitivity of the, uh, the scholarship committees and how uh, they uh, want help and how their, their hearts really go out for so many families. At the same time, they are really, in essence, a form of Gaboy Tzedakah. They're uh, handling um, communal funds, and to some extent, they're also involved in an educational role. What um, we began to discuss a few minutes ago, Rav Shechter addressed in various ways that uh, some perhaps communities sometimes live uh, beyond their means. 
or live beyond or have uh, significant amounts of funds which um, we now call disposal income so um, the the gaboim of the scholarship committees are very much involved also in educational role to educate people as to what it means to live within what is considered to be a reasonable uh, vacation what is it what is considered to be a, a reasonable way of uh, of taking care of one's children during the summer these are all what is it uh, a reasonable amount to spend on a on a bar mitzvah on uh, on a simcha this is all part of what goes into a uh, the request to be helped by the community and this is a very important tool to uh, structure a community in a way that people are living again with levels of etznias and the modicum of living in within one's own means. There's an interesting shaila which was raised um, to Rav Zilverstein. Rav Zilverstein is the son-in-law of Rav Yoshev and he's written, uh, many of his Talmidim have written several of his svarim recently. So in one of the recent svarim, Alenu Shabbat, there's a note at the very back that somebody asked Rav Zilverstein if he's allowed to apply for uh, for a scholarship. How, how does he figure out whether he is... Uh, whether he is a candidate to receive a scholarship, because the Gemara says in Beya, Gemara says in, in the Daftazayin in Beya that um, there are several things that are not part of the budget that Kriyish Baruch provides for all of us. Kriyish Baruch provides a budget every Rosh Hashanah, how much we uh, will earn over the course of the year. And then the Kriyish Baruch says that when it comes to Itzoy, Shabbos V'yomtev, and Itzoy's Bon of the Torah, when it comes to spending money for Shabbos and Yomtev, that is out of the budget. That's going to be something that Baruch Hu provides beyond the budget of our Din Torah on, on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. How much, what, what it will require for us to educate our children, that is beyond. In other words, that uh, sometimes we are impressed at how well uh, Jewish communities are doing. That Baruch Hashem, the majority of the Jewish community is earning uh, in, the, in the top, top uh, percentile of what, uh, of the, what the nation the national averages of, of earning is. And uh, we explain because we have to pay yeshiva scholarships, we have to pay yeshiva tuitions. So of course we have a, a, we are all carrying a huge amount of uh, expenditures which the uh, national numbers don't take into account. That might be what's happening. It could be something else. It could be that Kodesh Baruch Hu sees that we have an obligation to educate our children. That's going to cost us a certain amount and therefore Kodesh Baruch Hu has given the Jewish community the wherewithal to earn those funds so that we can spend them on on uh, various mitzvahs and certainly the mitzvah of being mechanechah children. That's uh, sometimes one of the very uh, frequent questions and fears that come to uh, that come to us are um, are couples who uh, are baruch uh, raising children and having families. And one of the pchad and one of the fears that they have is that uh, as the Kedush Baruch Hu blesses them with more children. So that is a very significant uh, expenditure as time goes along to find the funds to send children to yeshivas. So part of our um, understanding has to be that Kodesh uh, Baruch really provides for the children. He provides for the children through the parents. He prov- just like Kodesh Baruch provided for this only through Rava, Kodesh Baruch provides for those children and, and the parents become individuals who can earn much more in order to be able to provide the, this for their children. So somebody asked Zilberstein, so given that, that, that this is beyond uh, the din that Kodesh Baruch Hu gives us. We never realize this. It's, uh, we, never, we can never figure out what funds we got because we spend money in Shabbos and Yom Tif. I don't think it means that a person can, 
can uh, eat venison every Shabbos and Yomtev and say this one's on a Kodesh Baruch Hu it means that uh, we Shabbos and Yomtev are nice and meals in the rest of the week and then what we spend on Shabbos and Yomtev nice and meals nice and clothes come to Shabbos and Yomtev so that Kodesh Baruch Hu picks up that tab Reuben Feinstein once spoke in our community he said this is where you see how Shabbos is part of the natural world just like a Kodesh Baruch Hu when he gave them on so Kodesh Baruch Hu Kitchen Manu Birchu Maman that uh, Erev Shabbos there was double amount of Man and in Shabbos there was no Man that was part of the natural world of the Midbar so too in our natural world as well now, we don't realize when we earn something or when we get uh, an extra bonus or when some money comes in and we find something and that was because of the Shabbos and Yom Tov expenditure so the same thing when it comes to Chinuch we don't realize when the Kodesh Baruch Hu is uh, we don't get uh, a, uh, an evaluation from the Rabbonish from an accounting from the Kodesh Baruch Hu, what came to us because of our Zechuyas what came to us because of our, our children needed it what came to us because we have to spend that money on, on Chinuch of our children somebody asked for Zilberstein if that's the case so maybe no one should apply for scholarships right? we should all say we'll all just send our kids to school and, and write the checks and uh, so Zilberstein said no that when you go through an appropriate um application of the scholarship and when the scholarship committee goes to an appropriate way of evaluation that is all part of establishing what is the cost of the chinuch. Once I've applied and I filled out the form appropriately that's also a very important idea again, I hope it's not an issue in, in uh, your community or my community but sometimes communities are concerned <coughs> that people fill out the forms as um, in, in uh, ways that are not uh, that are distrustful of the committee that's going to review it and the ways that are not representative of what their real earning is and they make uh, various calculations which may be appropriate in certain accounting forms and may be appropriate in terms of IRS issues but uh, that's not what the scholarship committee had in mind that's a very important idea that always has to be addressed first of all a person does not fill the application format properly in other words, if they find different ways of hiding money in different, uh, in different accounts of different children and so on and so forth, or any, any, so these things, I'm, I'm sure, are legal and uh, when it comes to accounting and paying taxes, someone goes through the legal uh, methods that uh, are established and that accountants are able to determine. When it comes to the scholarship committee, so then one has to answer the questions the way that the scholarship committee had intended them to be answered. The Gemara says, Shachanar Paskins, that Rahman al a person is Mirama Ha'om bin Notel and in Mesachit not only is it an Easter of uh, theft of Gezel, when stealing money from people who appropriately need the money, when stealing money from the community does, who does not want to give it under those circumstances. The Gemara said that if somebody feigns some kind of disability, Rahman al so one of the uh, one of the issues that he earns himself is to have that kind of disability. A person who feigns poverty who uh, is Miram Ha'am, who uh, deceives people and takes money when they don't really want to give it to him. So then the Gemara says, the Rachmanos and his own issue that he will become this person for whom that, uh, that unfortunately will appropriately require funds sometime. That being said, it's also very important that, and I'm sure every community has this in place, has a way of dealing with uh, people who uh, parents have to educate their children in a way that uh, doesn't impact upon the esteem and the pride of uh, those families 
Shechter was referring to that the Kaddish Baruch Hu gives the community a certain amount of money, gives the, and the community then has to has the Kaddish Baruch Hu gives the community money and gives the community the obligation to educate our children. So sometimes some parents are able to pay the full tuition. Some parents are able to pay much more than the tuition. Some parents are able to uh, to involve other members of the family, and some members some members of the community cannot pay the full tuition, and that uh, they're working very hard and they're trying. And Yistayim uh, Milsa, so Kaddish Baruch wanted their children to be educated in a different way, in different, uh, the funds should come in a different way. So that the community has to develop that sensitivity that uh, on one hand we, we believe that uh, working in, and providing for our children is a great sense of uh, nobility within itself. And we take pride in being able to provide for our families. I say, Shabbos Chachov Al-Tazdarach that it's better to have less than Shabbos to go with less and not to require help from uh, the community. On the other hand, the person needs to take, he has to accept from the community. He feels so uncomfortable. In other words, that the community has not, uh, has not um, created this ambience, this atmosphere that person has to try very hard to support themselves. And if it doesn't work out, if it doesn't happen for this person, then the community is equally responsible for that the family. So then um, a person doesn't feel that way. He ultimately, if he puts his uh, children in some way in danger, he, uh, he loses all his self-esteem. And he allows his children to feel that loss of self-esteem. So that uh, Gemara criticizes very, very strongly. This Chayiv and Nafshir, Yisrael is quoted as saying that there was once an Oni in, in, uh, in a community who, uh, who died out of poverty. So Yisrael Salantar said he didn't die out of poverty, he died out of pride. That the person has to know when it's appropriate to be, uh, to be proud, when it's appropriate to, uh, to, to base one's self-esteem on Yigi Kapechi Kisoko, and when one has to be proud of being part of Kal Yisrael, that is so sensitive and so concerned that uh, we all make our contribution in different ways and, and, and the community is responsible to provide for us in, in certain ways as well. There's a discussion amongst the uh, Polskin if a person has uh, funds to give for Chinuch, so should he give it to Yeshiva Ketana or should he give it to Yeshiva Gedola? Should he give it to Yeshiva Ketana or should he give it to a Yeshiva that's educating perhaps to a Kolo that's ed- educating people to be Bali Hira, to be Mori Hira? So many of the postmen discuss this, and uh, Rav Moshe also is a tshuva in this. Rav Moshe discusses that uh, this seems to be the consensus that even though in principle one would give, one should give to the the kolo that's educating Mari Hayra. In principle, what does Kali Yisrael need? So it's very much caught uh, by uh, different gemaras and attention of gemaras. There are some gemaras that say that the greatest zechus we have is Hevel Piti Nochus Beis is the learning, the Kriyashma, the Lelechlacha uh, that the children are saying, the Pashas uh, told us, the Chumash Rashi, the Mishnayas, that's the great zechus for Kal Yisrael. On the other hand, we know that Kal Yisrael needs Merahira, people who give guidance, people who are tremendously immersed in learning, and they will be ultimately give leadership to Kal Yisrael. So Moshe seems to indicate that when one has to make that decision, so when one focuses the funds on the and the uh, and those individuals who will excel and become Murray Rafaqal Yisro. At the same time Rav Moshe writes, but if we have Baruch Hashem, that level of learning which is taking place. So then all the funds that uh, one is going to spend in Chinuch should be uh, directed 
to um, when he was making that decision towards uh, yeshiva tanas and um, and schools that are educating uh, very young children. The Gemara Baba Basar points out that um, Gemara says that there was a time when uh, if a child that was taken care had parents, so they learned. But if a child was a chonos on a yosim, or his parents could not uh, direct him to a, to yeshiva, to a place to learn, there was no chinuch for those children. The Gemara says that first they opened up Malamdim in Yerushalayim. Then the Gemara says that uh, that works for Yerushalayim. But the little children, even the children who were uh, adolescents, before they were 15 or 16, they could not go to Yerushalayim. They couldn't go. So they started making uh, yeshivas in various large cities. The Gemara says that was also okay for children in their adolescence because then they could walk, they could go there, but the little children, how are they going to get to these towns, these places? So then the Gemara says they made a takana that every town has to have Malamde Tinovos. And the inference seems to be, certainly the way the Ramam quotes it, that this now shifted, that in addition to the obligation that parents have to educate children, there is now a communal obligation to, to make sure that all children are, are, uh, are in schools, are uh, having chinuch, and that obviously then shifts the financial obligation and spreads it to the entire community. How far does it go? If my child wants to learn when he's 16, 17, 18, 19, 22, 23, 30, with a family. So when is my obligation? Uh, when do we say that this is already beyond my obligation my child? So this question comes up in the discussion of Masik Sofim. As the Sheikh mentioned, one cannot spend Masik Sofim obligations on Chiyuvim. So, if I'm obligated to educate my child, I can't use my Maisek Sofim for the education of my child. If the tuition that I pay covers a scholarship amount as well, then probably we can take the scholarship aspect of my tuition and take that for Maisek Sofim. But if, but the money that I'm spending for my child's education, so the post-game all point out that I cannot use Maisek Sofim, because that's, that's my Chiyav. So, how far does that Chiyav go? Ramesh's approach is that the Chiyav seems to extend to the, uh, any obligation to provide for the religious and spiritual safety of the child. Ramesh writes that we don't make distinctions between boys and girls because even though there is a difference in our obligation to be Mechanech, our daughters, is that, that's not the, that's, that is not the reality nowadays. The reality nowadays is that a child has to be within a yeshiva a boy, a girl, in the yeshiva, in the yeshiva high school. Otherwise, they are at tremendous spiritual risk. Rabbi Yaakov Yishai Blau is medayik from the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch that one has to, what is mechuyiv, to educate one's children until they are independent in their learning skills. So that again, that will depend each on, on, on all children. We often raise the question, should a, if a child is about to go to Yisrael, the, fam- the family cannot afford to send the child for a year to Eretz Yisrael, for a second year, Shanabet in Eretz Yisrael. So where, at what point is it appropriate for the family to say that we can't afford it, we have to live within our means, and we'll have to learn in America, we'll have to make the best of it. Or at what point do we say, no, this child has to go to Eretz Yisrael, he has to, and so that apparently would depend on these uh, situations. Every child would be different. If it's necessary for the spiritual safety of the child to go to Eretz Yisrael, and that becomes a chiyav. It becomes a chiyav on the parents and a chiyav on the community, I think. If we're saying that, uh, the, if we would take the Yaakov Yishai Blaus, that he apparently understands that until a child feels the ability to learn something independently, then they're not on safe ground spiritually. And that makes a lot of sense for later on, to be kveitim later on. 
We all know that in order to be able to establish set times for learning, we have to feel a certain confidence within our learning. So if we want to be sure that our children will have families that are inspired and spiritually sound, we have to give them that level of independence. So then he would say that there's a chiyuv, and I would assume, I would assume the chiyuv is on the parents and on the community to make sure that these children who require that level of accomplishment to be able to make it um, to that level of accomplishment in the appropriate yeshiva, together with one's rabbanim, to figure out how one can do that um, appropriately. But I think, and well, this uh, will conclude. Yeah, it's getting late. Is that um, when we speak about uh, scholarships and, uh, and the cost of education, we are really begging a much deeper issue, and uh, that requires a tremendous amount of thought and a lot, a lot of conversations. And that is that uh, with the tremendous expense that um, yeshiva education is costing, and the demands that places on families to be able to provide so we really are developing lifestyles that to some extent challenge the goals of education we are developing lifestyles that um, that require a tremendous tremendous amount of investment in being able to earn lifestyles that are um, full of, of very significant stress lifestyles that often have parents in the uh, formative years of their children home for um, for a few hours of, of their children's waking hours We're developing a norm of having two income families where children are uh, for many years not uh, being raised significantly by uh, by the mothers I, we, uh, when the Torah describes uh, Yaakov Avinu the Torah describes that Yaakov Avinu Yaakov Ishtom Yoshev Oholim he sits in tents so Zilberstein in one of his forums suggests that, uh, what does it mean he sits in tents, Yoshev Olam? He suggests that all children need two tents. And uh, I think what he's referring to is every child needs a tent, uh, one Ohel of Lima, the yeshiva. And every child needs a, a, an Ohel of Lima called his home. Children do different tracks. They have to be in a place that has certain standards, that makes certain demands in them. Sometimes, hopefully, it's a warm and nurturing place, but sometimes it has to be a demanding and uh, place that uh, puts pressure. Again, I'm not sure how, but in different in different uh, ways. But then it's the same child needs another oil. He needs a place that's entirely nurturing, and a, t- a place that is entirely concerned about his that child's self-esteem, entirely concerned with the with being nurturing and being a warm place for that child. Often having these two Oalim uh, caves in because all the children have to be in the yeshiva, and sometimes the ability to establish a home that is uh, full of warmth and focus in Yerushalayim and where the children see the the Mamait Be'esek Vasok Torah, the primacy of learning, so that's something that's compromised. We as, a, as communities have to begin to focus on uh, the cost of, um, of yeshiva education and the hidden cost of yeshiva education that is creating a tremendous amount of stress within, uh, within families. We have to be able to see the obligation of being mechanech children as a communal uh, obligation, one that uh, begins with the youngest families and maintains itself as Baruch Hashem Avichus Yom Vishanim. We have to be able to see this as um, as a Niyah as a prime concern 
once we dealt obviously with issues of poverty and uh, that kind of dachkos, but uh, something that is uh, the concern of the entire community. And the entirety of the community, when focused and when directing funds towards China, hopefully can uh, create um, a, um, a yeshiva tuition scheduling where, um, or a schedule of tuitions that will also create uh, an atmosphere um, which supports that which is so important for us uh, to have in our, in our communities. Rizkirov used to point out that um, when we, uh, that uh, the, the Mishkan was surrounded by the Machane of Leviim. When we go through the Parshus of the Midbar Baloscha, we'll see how Kedush Baruch stresses that the Leviim lived around the Mishkan. The Machane of We mentioned this a few minutes ago that at first uh, they set up schools in Yerushalayim, Kimitzi and Tetzay Torah. The Taisvah says, what was the Zuchud? We know Yerushalayim is the place of Mikdash. We know it's the place of Sanhedrin. But what made Yerushalayim the place where was primarily responsible for Chinuch? The Tosus indicates because Yerushalayim was a, a, a city that was full of Yerushalayim. Because Yerushalayim focused on Beit Mikdash, people were there ready to move into Mikdash. Anybody in Yerushalayim was focused on bringing a korban, on, becoming, on being Tahar. They had that Zrizus of, of sending around Mishkan. So the Rizkirov is a similar idea. He says that Kedush put the Machin of around the Mishkan. So anybody who would go to Mishkan to bring a Korban had to go through Machin Leviya. Had to see a community that was entirely focused on Ritzon Hashem, on Avodah Hashem, on, uh, on being attuned and being Zoros and being ready to, to be involved in, in Mokom and Mikdash. These are the, the goals that uh, we have to strive for that uh, to create a community and communities where the overall ambience, the overall atmosphere uh, treasures the preciousness of learning and the accomplishment of learning and the, and the, and the, uh, the enjoyment of learning and the, the centrality of becoming accomplished in learning and the overall common obligation to provide this for all children and to try to do so in a way that, uh, as we all strive to do, as we all strive to do, to provide it in a Bechavadic manner to all families, so all families should feel that uh, the community takes it upon themselves as a broad common obligation to make sure that all our children are educated, so we don't have to make decisions as to um, how to uh, family sizes, we shouldn't have to make decisions as to what kind of um, routes to go, uh, which ultimately compromise the um, what's happening in the all the great tent that is that it, it's our tent at home, and which is a, such an important part of the nurturing of all our children.